Let's get ready to take the plunge on this edition of the Seacoast Sports Forum. Sherm Chester, along with Coach Jim Tufts, and a special guest today. He is a Senior Manager of Communications for the Special Olympics of New Hampshire, Mark Erickson. And of course, Mark, many years, part of that morning waking crew at WOKQ. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Thank you, Sherm. And uh, hi there, Coach. How are we all doing? Great, Mark. It's a big uh, occasion coming up for the Special Olympics of New Hampshire, something that you've been involved with, Mark, for many years. And, and um, during that time when you were at WOKQ, spent many years jumping into that frigid Atlantic Ocean off of <laughs> off of Hampton Beach in February and mm -hmm. uh, raised funds for and, and awareness of Special Olympics of New Hampshire. So tell us, both gentlemen, I want both of you to tell us how uh, you got involved with the Penguin Plunge. So back, I believe it was in 2000, uh, Mary Conroy and her staff were, was always looking for ways to raise money. <clears throat> and uh, the plunge had become something that other areas were doing. So she rounded up uh, 150 of us, I believe it was, that first, uh, first plunge in 2000. And uh, it was pretty spectacular, the first one uh, that uh, we ran for the water and then got to go into the Ashworth and take showers and, uh, and uh, they had a reception for us and, and the like, and uh, it caught fire and just kept growing. Uh, I have to tell you a personal story for me. So I was, you know, representing our team and I thought, okay, we got to do this. So I got on um, some flippers, like I was going skin diving and black coaching pants and a Pittsburgh Penguin shirt. And of course, Mark will tell you when they start counting 10, nine, eight, they never get to zero because everybody just starts running. And so everybody starts running. And if you've ever run with flippers on, it doesn't work. So I was <laughs> lumping, down, lumping down and I get to the water. And when you get water on those things, you can't pick them up. <laughs> so I turned around. I could go backwards and I could actually make some progress and the wave hits me, knocks me right to my, right off my pins. And I go down and I'm completely under. And at this point, everybody's running out and I'm laughing at myself, but I can't stand up. And everybody's just running by thinking I'm having a wonderful time. And uh, I eventually got out and said, I'm never wearing the flippers again. It looks so easy well, on TV, huh? <laughs> yeah. I I have a similar story, Jim, believe it or not. Um, I, I don't remember what year it was because uh, after a while, it all becomes kind of, a, kind of a blur to me. But there was a year that we let the radio station listeners determine what my costume was going to be. They, they submitted some ideas, and, and the, this family created this giant foam lobster costume for me to wear so i'm on the beach and i in those days i was a little bit larger than i am now and i'm in this giant foam lobster getup, and i go running into the water and and just as i dive into the water it dawns on me i'm wearing like 15 pounds of sponge <laughs> And I sink like a stone. <laughs> and at the time, Jamie Sullivan was the chief of police in Hampton. He's the town manager here now. But uh, at the time, he was the chief of police. 
and uh, and he was doing the plunge. So he was in the water with me, and and luckily he was because he basically grabbed me by the lobster claws or whatever, and and pulled my sorry butt out of the uh, the water and back onto shore. <laughs> it's a spectacle. I mean, it. I I used to say, Sherm, when we lined up at the starting line there, and you know now there's several waves, but when there were oodles of us, and they have a snow fence on either side. And it's just like an Exeter winner kind of game. There, mm-hmm. There's got to be thousand plus people down there to watch us crazies and see if we're actually, <laughs> in some cases, you know, they've donated and made contributions and to see if we're actually going to go through with it. And uh, it's an event. There's, you know, there's swimsuits and there's all kinds of, all kinds of outfits and uh, it's a happening. When what is the temperature average, Mark, down there when you guys jump in? It's uh, it's somewhere in the high thirties, maybe yeah, forty. Thirty-eight, thirty. Wow. So the wow. so the ideal yeah. day, the ideal day, Sherm, is um, a, a, a blue, sunshiny day with no wind, because the sun actually kind of warms you up, mm. and, and the sun warms you up, and then you hit the the water (laughs) and it doesn't feel quite you know it's it's okay but it's and the idea is you just go right in you don't do that toe in the water oh this is cold no no you gotta go you gotta hit you find a wave you find a wave coming at you and you hit it as fast and hard as you can so that you're soaked and you stand up and run back to the beach Jim, I, I would add to your perfect uh, day scenario that at noontime, the tide should be somewhere close to high. Because yeah. if it's a low tide at noontime, it's a long run <laughs> into the water and an even longer run back out of the water. It gives you a lot of second thoughts. Should I be doing this? <laughs> Go ahead. Just yeah, it gives you too much time to think about it. <laughs> the trip out needs to be you're absolutely right mark it needs to be as short as possible back to those towels uh, where you can warm up a little bit how many years has this been going on this year will be the 24th penguin plunge and the 15th high school plunge okay so let's let's break this down for you um I'll, i'll walk you through the whole thing what we kind of internally refer to it as is the winter water sports season. And that encompasses the high school plunge, which is this year, Saturday, February 11th, and the original, the biggest and the best, the penguin plunge, which this year is Sunday, February 12th. And that happened totally by accident. Mm-hmm. We, we got to a point, as Jim said, this, this started out even, I think, a little bit bigger than anyone thought, and then it just grew from there. And, and somewhere along the line, 15 years ago, the fire department, because as I think everyone knows, we stage everything inside the Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom. And the fire department said, you're hitting the capacity limit of the ballroom and you've got to do something. So the decision was made, to, all right, we'll, we'll do the, the school uh, groups on the Saturday and then the grownups on Sunday which did did a whole bunch of things. First of all, it, it made the school groups as its own day an even bigger mm-hmm. and more important thing for the school groups. Um, and uh, it, it allowed us to deal with the capacity issue at the Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom. And the Casino Ballroom likes it because 
on Sunday now, it's it's an all grown up crowd in the ballroom. So before the plunge, the, the bar is open. You know. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to warm up before, maybe after, but not before. <laughs> there are a few people, Sherm, that are uh, stumbling towards the water. Trust me. <laughs> now, Mark, you have WMUR Channel 9 has been a supporter of the Penguin Plunge for years. Uh, Since day that. one, literally. All right. Tell, tell us about that connection, too. Uh, the folks at WMUR are are very kind to us uh, and and have been very wonderful uh, through the years with with their support with with airtime with with advice. Um, we've we they even uh, over the years have provided some technical support for us during the the day of the event. They uh, they they own a remote control camera that's on top of the uh, the seashell pavilion stage uh, down there. So. Uh, they, uh, in past years, have allowed us to make use of that camera and, and do some direct connection stuff for us. That that sort of thing. They're just they're, they are terrific. Uh, Mike Haddad and Kevin Skarupa lead the uh, lead lead the plunge. Um, you talked about the water temperature, and, and I'll tell you that uh, Kevin Skarupa goes in every what we call wave when we're at the beach. Uh, New Hampshire Fish and Game and some local fire departments, and it varies from year to year, but they have the divers in the water. They're responsible for everyone's safety. And depending upon how many divers they have available on a particular day, they determine the size of the group that we can put in the water at any one time. So they might say to us, okay, we have enough divers to keep an eye on 60 people, so no more than 60 people. Or we've got enough divers, you can throw 125 people in. But whatever they say goes because they're in charge of everyone's safety. So however many waves there are, there can be two or three waves on a Saturday, another two, three, or four waves on the Sunday, and, and then there's sort of a secret squirrel wave because Friday and into Saturday, the uh, ROTC group from Winnicott High School works so hard to, uh, to help us out and get everything set up for the Penguin Plunge that we need to do down at uh, Hampton Beach. And, and we give the ROTC crew their own special wave without a big crowd or anything. Kevin Skarupa from WMUR goes in every single wave, has done that for years, um, and and it seems to do it relatively happily, uh, but has told me on more than one occasion he will do this all day long because the ocean water is much warmer than anything going on at Lake Winnipesaukee. COVID obviously threw this event uh, a, a big curveball. Now it's back in focus if people who can't travel just because of distance they still can get involved correct well we we did our last in-person event in 2020 um we uh, we got the the 2020 penguin plunge in and the 2020 winnie dip in and it was mid-march 2020 when when we shut down the office and bugged out and then as you know the world closed up for a little bit um and so in 2021 we decided, all right, we'll do this as a virtual event. We didn't know how we were going to do it as a virtual event because it had never been done before. So we were doing, other than the the fundraising portion, which is an online platform, that remained the same. And, and since that's really the most important component of this, because all of this money stays in New Hampshire to serve the more than 3,000 athletes of Special Olympics New Hampshire, so the, the fundraising platform didn't change as a result of COVID, but everything else did. And so we, we stumbled our way through and figured out a way and found a way. And, and we, we pulled off 
a virtual winter water sports season. We did a virtual high school plunge. We did a virtual penguin plunge. We, we did a virtual Winnie dip scenario. All of those things happened. It was, it was a, a tough process in year one, but we learned from that. So we did it again in 2022. And, and we had the experience of 2021. And, and I've got to be honest with you, if I do say so myself, we did it better. We did it a lot better. And a couple of things happened here. First of all, we discovered a whole new group of people. Um, most nonprofit organizations uh, like Special Olympics are very data-driven. You know, we, we kind of know who our folks are, and we know a lot about those folks. And we found a lot of people that we'd never heard of before. A lot of people, if they didn't have to be at Hampton Beach at 12 noon on a specific day, were more than willing to sign up, do the fundraising thing, have a little fun with a bucket of water or a pail or, or jump into a, a, a puddle or a, we have one guy do it in a bird bath and uh, whatever. <laughs> but we found a whole group of people that that were willing to show up and do this that we'd never heard of before. We, we wound up bringing some some new folks into the Special Olympics family in New Hampshire. And the other side of the coin was we, we heard from some friends that we hadn't heard from for a while, some folks that had retired to Florida that, you know, couldn't come back for the plunge or, or anything. Uh, uh, somebody I know who went to Tennessee, was retired in Tennessee. They did the plunge virtually. Uh, so what happened was for 2022, between the fact that our, our donors and plungers and dippers kind of got used to this process, and frankly, we got a little bit better at the process, 2022 was the best year we've ever had for the Winnie Dip and the Penguin Plunge. So it's for a nonprofit, for any nonprofit, it's, it's not something we can ignore. So we've, we've developed this new hybrid model. We, when you go to SONH.org to sign up for the Penguin Plunge, you'll be asked very early on in the process, do you want to do this in person or do you want to do it as a do-it-yourself kind of thing? And that determines where, where the, uh, the program and, and the uh, fundraising platform takes you. But this year, overwhelmingly, everyone's coming back to the beach. That's, that's by far the, the most people that are signing up. But a bunch of folks are still going to be doing this virtually as well. The folks that are doing it virtually, we, we encourage them and, and hope that they will post uh, social media, either video or pictures with the hashtag SONH plunge. Most of the fundraising is done online. If you're doing fundraising, and, and this happens a lot more with the high school side of things, if you do any fundraising that's in person, if you have any cash, if you have checks or whatever, you can bring those with you the day of the event if you're showing up in person. If you're doing it virtually and you wind up with checks or cash, you can go to any TD Bank branch in New Hampshire and tell them your name, then that is for the Penguin Plunge and, and it, or your particular team or flock name, as the case may be. And, and they will get it to us, and they will get it to us with the, the correct information. They do this every year for us, and they are wonderful. Now, do you have the same groups, uh, a lot of the same groups that, that do it as teams uh, every year? I'm just curious. We, 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 have, we have an unbelievable amount of, uh, there's the frozen sections, there's the chili willies, there's the shrinky dinks. There's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole bunch of different groups uh, that, that have joined us over the years with some really fun names, and they, they all have a good time. And, 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 and as Jim said, you know, when we're on the beach, when we're doing this, we try to minimize the amount of time outside. 
you know, we, we do the, the 10, 9, 8, the countdown thing. And, and Jim mentioned this earlier. Yeah, three. At about three, I know the crowd is moving my way and <laughs> the, the, the two, one kind of just gets lost somewhere <laughs> along the line. But we also tell everybody, get in, get wet and get out. We don't want you messing around. We don't want you fooling around. It's cold. It's wet. Uh, you're in water. It's winter time. This is just a, a little to, to the left of center anyway, but don't spend too much time doing it. And we, particularly on the Sunday, we, we wind up occasionally having, you know, a couple of guys, it's usually guys that have some sort of a bet as to who could stay in the water the longest. And, and we, I've announced it on the beach before and will again. If you have that bet, cancel it right now because otherwise you're going to look silly because a couple of guys from Fish and Game are going to bounce you right back to the beach. So we just you get in, just get as wet as you're comfortable getting, and then get to the, the warming trailer and then get back into the Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom, and, and then we'll have some awards and we'll have some great food and we'll have some fun. The, the, mob, the mob mentality takes over, Sherm, because you, you get a hundred plus people standing there all shivering and, and, and it's such a great cause. And the fire and fish and game people go in and they're out their whole outfits and they're out there 50 yards. And so you start to get, oh, if you swim to them, I'll give you an extra hundred. Or if you can uh, get to there. <laughs> And people are bantering that about, and it's all good until you hit the water. Yeah. <laughs> then once you hit the water, the only thought is turn around and get out as fast as you possibly can. Well, whether it's the plunger or the dip, uh, going for a great cause, the Special Olympics of New Hampshire, I guess I, I want to throw it now to how you gentlemen got involved with Special Olympics of New Hampshire. And Jim, why don't you kick it off on that one? Well, for me, it's kind of a long one. So in uh, 1970, I was a senior in high school, and the uh, first Special Olympics event took place at Phillips Exeter Academy, uh, and uh, my mom was the director. She was the uh, principal of the Rockingham School for Special Children in Exeter, and uh, Mrs. Shriver had had a um, Special Olympics in 1968 in Chicago, and so she rounded up all everybody she could find, Cass Donovan and uh, Ted Seabrook. And uh, we had the first event. I was a senior and I, a couple, few of my friends and I were gophers and volunteers and timers and measurers. And, and it was awesome. And it was in Exeter in 70 and again in 71. And then Special Olympics New Hampshire was founded in 72. And it, it started, the games were moved around a little bit. You know, then now I'm an adult and I'm a dad and I have a son with challenges and disabilities. And um, he, he was pretty clear he was going to compete. And so I joined the uh, group at Exeter. Marion Chouinard had a group at Exeter High School and uh, I piggybacked onto it and sort of she was willing to let me move in. She was willing to have some help. And um, Exeter team has been as many as uh, 50 athletes uh, for some of our competitions. It's been a lifelong one for me. And Mark, now, you, again, you were involved when you were at WOKQ, and, and now it's another chapter in your life as, as a, a marketing manager, communications director at uh, Special Olympics. Tell us about that and, and other involvement with the, with the program. 
Well, I, I, I will in just a second, if you'll indulge me, Sherm. What, what I will also say here is the things that, that Coach won't say. The Tufts family is literally the first family of Special Olympics in the state of New Hampshire. If, if not for Jim's mom, none of us would be at this party. Uh, Jim, within Special Olympics, is a legendary coach. His, his sister is also one of our coaches and, and local program coordinators. And, and again, they literally are the first family of Special Olympics in New Hampshire, and, and that should not be lost on anyone. Thank you, Mark. Now, me, I'm just a radio schmo. <laughs> the, very, the very first Penguin Plunge happened with media support of WMUR-TV, and, and that was it. And, and after that first year, as Jim said, everyone kind of looked at each other and said, hey, this might actually work, and we might be on to something here. And they decided to go looking for a, a radio media partner. Um, they, they came to uh, the radio station, as you mentioned, WOKQ, um, and, and we started doing this every year. And, and over the course of the years, uh, I, I would get uh, tapped to, to handle other things, hosting duties for, for things like the opening ceremonies at the summer games at UNH. Basically, when they needed a microphone monkey, they called me. And, and I'm fine with that because that's kind of what I do. Uh, and, and so we, the, the relationship just uh, grew over the years. And, and, and at a point when I uh, semi-retired from the, the world of broadcasting, um, as you can see, I have it all the way retired, you know, we, we got together. And, and it, it was funny, and Jim might understand this better. I kind of walked into this going, you know, I've spent 20 years hanging around these folks. This is going to be easy. And you don't know what you don't know until you realize you don't know it. And, and so I, I, uh, there was a learning curve going, A, from, from the, the world of, of profit to the world of nonprofit, coupled with the fact that Special Olympics loves their acronyms. They, I mean, uh, it's like the U.S. military. They've got, <laughs> they've got an acronym for everything, and, and it's, it's, it's a big learning curve. Now, this year, uh, later in the summer, you got the uh, events going on in Durham and uh, locally, Jim. Why don't uh, you guys uh, set up a schedule just to give the, uh, the folks an idea of what's, what's ahead for this year? Special Olympics is a year-long calendar, um, and so there's things going on now. There'll be basketball. There'll be swimming. There'll be winter games. Kids are going to go down the slopes and snowshoe. Um, so there's a big, Mark will tell you about the year-long calendar. As far as in Exeter goes, um, our kids bowled in the fall. Um, Rob Ficara and Kaylee Baxter at the bowling, Exeter bowling lanes were just awesome in, in getting our kids in there and bowling and leading that group. Um, some of our kids will ski with other groups. Some of our kids will play basketball. But in the spring, we'll start up with track and field. And uh, we'll do it at Exeter High School. Uh, and I'll have anywhere from 30 to 50 athletes. And I'll have anywhere from um, 30 to 50 high school peer coaches that will come out and help us uh, coach the kids and, and interact with them every day. There are five area meets that take place in May. And uh, ours is the Seacoast area meet. And there are um, four others, which are qualifying, meaning the kids get to compete and score a time and have the experience leading into the state games, uh, which is uh, the first weekend in June. Uh, and that's when 
all the kids in all the areas and thousand athletes will get together uh, in Durham. Um, so that's what we're going to do in Exeter. But Mark can tell you a little bit about the year-long calendar. Understand, Sherm, that, that, that what Coach Tufts is talking about here is is Exeter is is one of around 65 local programs around the state mm-hmm. that that are all run, by the way, by by incredible individuals like Coach and and his sister and so many others. It's an organization with about 5,000 volunteers. And they are really the, the gasoline that make the whole engine work. So you have these 65 local programs around the state that are, they're practicing, they're, they're training, or they are competing pretty much all year long. Also, uh, we've got 75 school-based programs, unified sports programs in high schools around the state of New Hampshire. So you have athletes that may not necessarily be part of a local program, but they are part of a unified program at one of these 75 schools around the state. So there is something happening year-round with Special Olympics. Schedule-wise, we've talked about the Penguin Plunge. That's February 11th and 12th. Believe it or not, between the Penguin Plunge and the Winnie Dip, we're doing the state winter games. The The state winter games at Waterville Valley are March 5th, 6th, and 7th. And, and as Jim said, there's alpine skiing, there's cross-country skiing, there's snowboarding, there's, there's snowshoeing. Uh, we basically take over Waterville Valley for a few days. And then the Winnie Dip happens. The Winnie Dip is another fundraising opportunity for Special Olympics New Hampshire. This one's a little different. As we talked about earlier, it's at Lake Winnipesaukee where the water is a little bit colder. But ironically, at this point anyway, it's not really frozen. So this, this may be the first year we don't need the fire department out there chipping away <laughs> at the beach behind the Margate. So on, and, and we're doing something brand new this year. On Friday the 10th, we're doing the middle school dip and the high school dip. We're doing the school dips on a Friday, which clears the way for Saturday. Saturday is our law enforcement dip. And, and these are officers, many of whom participate in the law enforcement torch run, which is a big fundraiser that law enforcement in New Hampshire uh, does for Special Olympics New Hampshire. So we, we have a, an awful lot of fun with a, a large group of police officers for the law enforcement dip on Saturday. And then the Winnie dip is Sunday, the 12th of March. And, and that's when, you know, we're going to have a, a whole group of folks. Anybody uh, is, uh, is eligible for the Winnie dip. And a few years ago, we started this, and it's still going, believe it or not. Across the Saturday and Sunday, and it's mostly the law enforcement personnel, we do something called the Mega Dip. Mm-hmm. My understanding is this, this started down in Rhode Island somewhere, and I'm assuming some adult beverages were involved. But what happens is a group of people dip once an hour for 24 hours. They're, they're hanging out in the hotel. They're, they're, they're having a good time. And, and at the top of the hour, they go out to the beach. They jump in, they get in, they get wet, and they get out. And they do it again an hour later. <laughs> Last man standing, so to speak, right? Well, and, and that's, you know, candidly, that's why it's law enforcement personnel mostly, because you really got to be in good shape yeah. to do that. You have got to be together to get that one done. You got to be a man's man, a manly man. Right. A tough guy. And of course, throughout the course of the year, there there's a state bowling tournament. There's a, a state uh, softball tournament. The, the state summer games at UNH, that's the biggest event we do. 
for for the athletes. It's it's the the most complicated. It has the most moving parts. We did a mini version of it uh, late last year. It was sort of uh, the summer games in the fall, and it was a one day event. Um, and and it started to rain towards the end of the day anyway. But uh, we're we're planning on coming back in full force with the uh, the full state summer games this year. At UNH. The athletes, how do uh, the athletes get in touch with the uh, Special Olympics? How do they become potential Olympians? Everything to do with Special Olympics New Hampshire can be found at sonh.org. If you hop online to sonh.org, that's got information about the program. It has a complete listing of, of the staff members and, and what their titles are. If, uh, if you are an athlete, uh, and you you have an interest in Special Olympics New Hampshire. Uh, Shelby Cody is our manager of programs. Uh, her email is shelbyc at sonh.org. Everybody is, you know, first name, last initial at sonh.org. But all the information is there at sonh.org, and that's also where you can either sign up to Plunge or Dip, or you can make a donation to Plunge or Dip. There you go. And, and for a, a lot of folks, uh, it's a labor of love. Uh, I know you guys can always use volunteers at your events. Uh, same way of getting in touch with the organization? Same way of getting in touch with the organization, sonh.org, and, and we can get you set up. And, and we uh, we still have a, an office phone number. It might take a, a few minutes to get someone to get back in touch with you, but 603-624-1250 is the main telephone number for Special Olympics New Hampshire as well. If someone from the Seacoast area contacts them, then they'll send us a note saying, connecting a family with a group. And each of us, each team has its own little website. So someone gets on and surfs around, they can find who is in their area and who that contact person is in their area. Um, and they're really good, really efficient about making sure if someone does get in touch with them, they connect that family with the appropriate team. We usually do this thing called the two-minute drill at the end of our program. Uh, Coach, did you have something for the two-minute drill that you'd like to throw in there? So I'll just piggyback on what we just finished with. So Sunday, May 7th, uh, starting at 8 o'clock in the morning, uh, we'll have the Seacoast area meet. And it's generally... 125 to 150 athletes from the Seacoast area. Um, Exeter, Epping, Raymond, Plastow, uh, Dover, Durham, Rochester um, that, that come to our meet. It generally takes us about 75 volunteers to run that efficiently. So anybody that uh, would love to come out on a Sunday, May 7th at Exeter High School starting at eight in the morning, Mark will tell you, one of the wonderful things about any of these events is you do it for the, I've had plenty of people come and volunteer and do it for the first time and say, I'm in forever. And it's just such a um, humbling and warm and the athletes enjoy it. The families enjoy it. The volunteers enjoy it. And it's a win-win every time. So uh, the next one locally for us in the Exeter area is Sunday, May 7th at Exeter High School, and everybody can find me. Oh, Mark, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let you pay it off with, with the dates and, and, and special times, but before for the two-minute drill, uh, something that I've been thinking about for a long time, if I got you on the program, 
you and I had the privilege of working with one of the best radio people that ever hit the airwaves, and in particular right here on the seacoast, and, and a beloved figure, Mike Martell. And uh, you, you and Mike were teammates on the Morning Waking Crew for years. Um, I wanted a Mike Martell story from you. Uh, Mikey was the dearest, sweetest, most wonderful man you could yeah. ever possibly meet. Uh, he, he loved puns, uh, maybe a little too much, but he, he loved his puns, uh, and, and he loved the radio audience. Um, we, we did lose Mikey uh, during the worst of COVID. It wasn't COVID-related, um, but unfortunately, there was no, uh, no ability to have a funeral service. It was, it was right during the, the initial kind of shutdown of the world. Um, and, and, uh, his, his wife, Joanne, who's a dear, sweet, wonderful woman. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they just, they loved each other for so many years. Mikey was very, very cognizant of the audience. And at some point, somewhere along the line, and, and Sherm, you'll understand this. I'm sure it was a radio consultant somewhere had put it into Mikey's head to, to not say anything that a parent would be uncomfortable explaining to their child in the car on the way to school. Mm -hmm. And that became the, the guidepost that, that Mikey went by. And, and I came along and, and things got a little, a little edgier for the time. And, and Mike was trying to, you know, find his way with that, but the world was changing a little bit and, and Mike was slow to change. And he came to me one day and he said, I, I, I want to run uh, a joke by you. It was a joke du jour, which, by the way, was a copyrighted feature of the Morning Waking Crew. And, and, and he, uh, he had a joke that, that he didn't know if he could get away with. He was concerned that it was going to be upsetting to, to somebody. And I said, all right, what's the joke? And he said, um, where, does a, where does a pirate keep his buccaneers? I said, I don't know. Where does a pirate keep his buccaneers? And he said, under his buck and hat. <laughs> that was the joke that Mikey was afraid was going to be too risque to put on the radio. You know, this is the type of guy. He was so funny, so quick on his feet. And, and man, do I miss him. I really do. He worked so well with you and anybody he was with on the Morning Waking Crew. And he loved coming to work every day. He did. He did. And so uh, back to the the organizations the special olympics in the future the the dates the key dates that people want to be aware of and also uh, any way they want to get involved let us know right now mark well let, let's keep it with sonh.org where you'll find the information the calendar of events uh, the, there are some things for later in the year that the dates haven't been you know completely finalized yet or the the paperwork isn't signed or whatever so uh, it, it's sort of a living breathing thing we we add as we go uh, February 11th and 12th, right now, that's the big focus for us, the, the Penguin Plunge weekend. Um, as, as Jim said, if you want to come out Saturday or Sunday, the 11th and 12th at around noontime and, and be a spectator on the beach, we would love to have you there cheering everyone on. Um, and if you want to make a donation, SONH.org, or if you want to sign up, remember, most of the fundraising is done online. You, you connect it to your existing social media platforms. So you can, you can get this thing done and, and get what you need to get within a matter of two, three, four days, depending upon you know, how many friends you have and, uh, and, and how open they are to helping you out with uh, doing something a little bit crazy. So 
If you want to sign up, we're, we've still got enough time for you to do the fundraising that needs to be done. And, and if it's not your cup of tea, and believe me, you know, I understand that. Jim understands that. <laughs> A lot of people understand it. If it's not your cup of tea, you can still go to SONH.org and make a donation. And it's important to remember that all that money stays here in New Hampshire. That, that money stays with our bank accounts. It doesn't go anywhere national. Coach Jim Tufts and Mark Erickson, uh, both of you gentlemen, uh, and all the support folks uh, are to be commended for all the uh, sharing of your time and talents to the organization and the Special Olympians. I know uh, it's it's a big event uh, every year, this Penguin Plunge, and I definitely wanted to, to get you on board to talk about that and the organization as a whole. So on behalf of Coach Jim Tufts and Mark Erickson from Special Olympics of New Hampshire, I'm Sherm Chester, inviting you to join us on the next edition of the Seaco Sports Forum.